Hello and welcome to DairyPod. I'm John Penry from Dairy Australia. The March 2022 Situation and Outlook Report analyzes the forces influencing the global dairy commodities market and the effect they are expected to have on the profitability of Australian dairy farms in the coming season. Despite costs going up across the board, dairy farmers in most regions are well placed for another profitable year ahead with strong international demand and weak supply boosting global commodity values. With the national milk pool predicted to shrink by between 1% and 3% this season, strong competition for milk is likely to continue well into next season. In this podcast, Dairy Australia's John Droppett talks to Situation and Outlook report author, Sophia Olmsted, about the forces influencing the global dairy commodities market, how they affect farm profitability, and the broad outlook for the dairy industry. Sophia Olmsted, welcome to DairyPod. Thanks, John. Great to be here. So let's start with SNO, your lead author of that uh, of that report. And um, you know, what, what's the what are the key messages at the moment? What's going on uh, in the world of dairy? Well, many dairy farmers here in Australia this year is most likely to be quite profitable. Uh, we continue to see pretty high farm gate milk prices across the board, and whilst the cost of production is really creeping up. The cost of many inputs and especially grain and fruit has, has really risen in the last six months. We continue to expect that many farmers will make a profit this year. That being said, there are a number of issues kind of looming under the surface, um, rising inflation being one of them. Um, and that's with it coming a whole set of new challenges for, for people across the industry. Absolutely, inflation's out there, and um, um, yeah, seasonally it's obviously been a, a, you know, a really good season for a lot of farmers. I, I guess we should touch on the the floods in um, in New South Wales and Queensland. It's still fairly early days, but what are the uh, you know what are the key takeouts from an from an analyst perspective at the moment? Yeah, uh, we estimate that over 100 dairy farmers have been directly impacted by the floods and, and the vast majority of those have been very severely affected. Um, it's still a bit too early to say the, what the effect this will have on the national milk pool and, and, and the priority at the moment really is to support those affected farmers. Um, but, but from a broader sense, um, we expect that the price of some inputs, especially grain and fodder, may rise as a result of this. And fair to say that you know milk uh, milk flows weren't really going up you know before the floods either, were they? It's been a fairly slow season um, uh, from an Australian point of view, and and we'll get to international in a sec. But what what's the latest outlook for the Australian milk pool? Yeah, so that's right. Milk production has been dropping consistently since the start of this year, or since the start of this season, and uh, we expect the milk pool to end down about one to three percent compared to last year uh, at the moment we're down about 2.6 percent in january um, and we continue we continue to expect that trend well we expect that trend to continue through the remainder of the year so things are going to remain pretty tight from a from a milk supply perspective here in australia but also um you know australia's not alone in that this season we, we're seeing it replicated across the world aren't we uh, yes, absolutely. So in the four key exporting regions of the world, so Australia, New Zealand, Europe and the US, milk production growth is just not taking place at the moment um, for different reasons. In, in the US, heavy culling and really high feed costs is really keeping a lid of things. In Europe, those inflationary pressures that we've been discussing a bit are, are taking place, um, really skyrocketing high 
prices of food and grain and, and difficulty now with logistics and, and what the potential season will look like given the current war going on as well, um, is likely to impact milk production over there. While in New Zealand, obviously, seasonal conditions have played its role. But overall, from a global sense, there's a really tight milk pool at the moment, which has led to these very high dairy commodity prices we're seeing. Absolutely. And, you know, off the back of demand being fairly, fairly robust for all that's going on in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the whole world is at this stage is sort of coming out of a bit of a COVID-19 lockdown period. We're seeing more and more countries open up. We're seeing food service spending across the board starting to recover. So demand for dairy is really firm at a time when supply just isn't there. Um, so as a result, we have seen prices increase significantly and to, to new records for some commodities. And, and back home, um, you know, there's a bit of a rebalancing, I suppose you'd say, in the in the domestic market. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's exactly it. So we're seeing less demand through the retail space uh, compared to last year and that high during the pandemic. Um, volume sales are still up compared to pre-pandemic levels, but they have eased in the last year. In comparison, we really started to see a recovery in food service spending. Uh, while consumers in January temporarily kind of stepped out of the market for a while and, and adopted more pseudo lockdown wise behaviors, um, they've kind of since come back out and, and we've seen sales through cafes and restaurants start to recover. So all in all, we're on, we're on a fairly solid uh, basis. If we look ahead to, to June, it's still very early days, but um, you know, when, when budgets start to be drawn up and, 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 you know, prices get thrown out there, we're in a fairly, we're in a fairly solid market from a farm gate milk price point of view. Yes, absolutely. That's ongoing strength from global markets as well as pretty good demand domestically as well uh, means that, yeah, we, we expect a pretty good start to, to, to the milk pricing season, especially when you add in the layer of the fact that the national milk pool is dropping. So competition is likely to be very fierce come June 1st. Of course, the kicker is, and well, there's always a catch, isn't there, that um, uh, costs at the moment are uh, are going through the roof. And, um, you know, you, you alluded to this before, but, um, you know, a lot, a lot of farmers would be seeing that, whether it's, you know, whether it's concrete or farm machinery or, um, you know, whatever they're trying to get done. We're, we're hearing it from processes as well, um, you know, uh, logistics, labour, you know, port fees, all those sorts of ancillaries uh, are going up in, in price. Um, that's sort of a, a, an inflation story that's started at the commodity level almost and gone to the commercial level and now it's, it's starting to come out and, and consumers are seeing it. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So obviously the, 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 the cost of everything is going up right now and it's impacting everyone from before the farm gate to farm gate and, and through the whole supply chain and to the consumer level. Looking at, at the price, for example, of the major dairy products at the retail level, we have seen an average increase in the price of all products, um, uh, which is just reflecting that added cost of, of making producing milk and processing it as well. And I think going forward, inflation is really going to be the one story to watch this year. And we're going to to feel more of a pinch from all sides of it um, as everything is getting more expensive. Yeah, and for, you know, for most farmers that listen to this would be, you know, would, would have an idea of where interest rates are at any point in time, but it's probably been um, over a decade since we saw a period of high interest rates. But as we know, 
um, you know, high interest rates are, are ultimately uh, are ultimately the product of high inflation, aren't they? Yes, that's it. So um, I think as uh, someone has nicely written in the article uh, that we're producing is um, in, in the situation and outlook report that um, increase, increasing interest rate is really the way to take the heat out of the and rising inflation. And um, I think we have seen the RBA allude to uh, the potential of an increased rise rate spike earlier later this year, sorry. Mm. Um, so I think that's probably something everyone in the market is expecting. And we're seeing that play out on an international scale at the moment. And already like the UK and US have felt these inflationary pressures earlier, and they have already seen increases in their rates. Absolutely. And ultimately, that plays out for everyone with debt, doesn't it? Yeah, whether it's households or, or farmers, um, you know, all, all in the same boat in that regard. I want to talk a little bit more about the, you know, the war in Ukraine. We obviously um, get a lot of inquiry about that and the potential impacts on dairy. Um, you know, what are your views on that? What are you hearing from the from the processes you talk to and the traders? And um, what's your assessment of the impact on dairy? I think for, from an Australian dairy industry perspective, the direct impact of this war is, is at the moment unlikely to be quite minimal. Uh, Australia does not trade large volumes of dairy to Russia since the 2014 embargo. Um, we, we don't sell a lot of volume to the Ukraine either. Um, so from a direct point of view, we don't expect that uh, big impact for the industry. But from an indirect point of view, this war is likely to carry a lot of side effects uh, that's going to be felt across the world. Um, Ukraine and Russia alone produce about a third of all the grain on a global scale. Um, Russia is probably going to struggle to access enough fertilizers to really make a big crop this year. Ukrainians are probably not focusing on their harvest at the moment. They have more horrible things facing them every day. Um, and that's probably going to keep milk production quite muted in Europe and side effects and cost pressures throughout the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, you know, for, for those that were around in, in 2014, 15, looking at markets then too, one of the big differences we saw was that Europe had just come out of the, uh, you know, the quota uh, scheme and was growing at 5% a year on, you know, which on 150 billion litres is a lot of milk. So that's, um, you know, not that not that I think our friend Vladimir worries too much about dairy markets when he makes his decisions, but um, um, but he's timed this one better from a commodity price point of view. If there's if there's anything at all you can say positive about, um, you know, about the balance of things at the moment over there. Since you're, you know, for, for those who don't know, this is in fact your final situation outlook um, report with us that we that we know of. So. Um, um, part of the reason I wanted to get you on this um, episode was, I guess, to get your reflections on um, on your time in the dairy industry. You came in um, came in with relatively no dairy experience, and and now leaving with uh, with quite a lot of dairy experience. I'm interested in your take, I guess, on dairy markets in general, and um, you know, on your on your time in the industry. You don't need to say anything about your manager. I think we can all take that uh, take that for granted. But um, um, but what have you? What have been your big impressions? I guess now that you're thinking about closing the the book on closing that chapter of, of your career. Yeah, no, it, it sure is. And I think someone told me when I started Dairy Australia that there's always an interesting time in dairy, and that has 
definitely been true during my five years with Dairy Australia and, and writing the Situation and Outlook report. Um, there's always something going on that is um, going to have an acute impact on, on anything positive or negative. And it's been a very interesting time to be part of the dairy industry. And I'm leaving at a time when I think there's even more of a reason that this statement is true. Um, overall, though, I'd say I think there's pretty good outlook um, from a global scale for dairy and for the Australian dairy industry. You know, we have a growing world population that needs feeding. We have a great product we're making. And I think the key going forward will really be trying to make sure we make the right kind of products to target consumers that consumers want to make um, and make sure that we get the value proposition across as we're facing increasing competition from other sectors as well. Absolutely, and, and you won't have to try any of those disgusting vegan products anymore for research, so that's good. I'm very happy about that, actually. That's <laughs> probably the more I'm looking forward to just having dairy in my fridge and not trying all the alternative products that aren't at all as good as my normal dairy yogurts. So stepping aside, I guess, from markets and, and even from dairy, you know, you're, um, you're hoping to visit Sweden um, you know, sometime in, in, over the course of the year. Obviously, it's been a while with the borders shut and Fortress Australia being being what it's been. Um, I've been, I suppose, I've been hearing some of the you know things you've been saying from you know passing on from family and friends over there about you know in connection with the you know the current situation in Ukraine. And Europe's a fairly small a small continent geographically compared to you know what we think of in in terms of Australia. I mean, just for the for the perspective, I guess, of of people listening to this, what. What can you tell us? Talk us through the mindset over there and, and kind of the situation. Even though Sweden obviously is very far removed from Ukraine, um, you know, politically and even even some distance geographically. But what's the what's the situation like over there? Yeah, it, it's been pretty grim since Thursday, well, a week ago or a couple of weeks ago now. Um, obviously, the lead up as well. Um, you know, from a personal perspective, I'm pretty glad that my flight time has just gotten a little bit extended due to the fact that you don't fly the direct route any longer. You take a bit of a side pass. Um, but this is a pretty troubling time at the moment. I think speaking to, to family and friends back home, um, you know, wind up radios are sold out and I people are chasing iodine tablets, just trying to prep and kind of really finding out where the closest bomb shelter is in case they need to know that on a short basis. I, I think we should not underestimate the effects that this war is having, um, not just um, on the terrible effects it's having for the Ukrainian people who, who are really suffering, but but also just from a, from a sense of, you know, the first really big war in Europe since the Second World mm. War, the most amount of European um, refugees that's happened and uh, doesn't look like Putin is slowing down anytime soon. So I think, unfortunately, yeah, it, people are fairly concerned and I think they have well cause to be so. Yeah, absolutely. But then that being said, I'm still flying there because so, I still want to go there. So, uh, yes, troubling, but still worth it. Life yeah. goes on. But to the to the point, though, I mean, the, you know, the, the impact on people's priorities and on consumer behaviour and what they're probably thinking about when they're hunting for iodine tablets versus... Um, you know, deciding whether they try a new product in a supermarket, for example. Yeah, that's very much it. I think it's definitely shifted people's mindset into prepping and preparing for, for the worst and, and kind of reevaluating where 
you want to go and what do you want to spend money on at the moment? It's something we're, we're probably going to see play out over, over quite some years now going forward. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks very much for your time, Sophia, and thanks for, thanks for being at DA, and I'm sure a lot of people listening will have seen and heard your work before, but um, uh, it's, it's been really good and uh, all the best for, and safe travels, and, uh, and we'll see you around. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks to John and Sophia for that great discussion. If you want to read the full March 2022 Situation and Outlook report, you can find it at dairyaustralia.com.au forward slash Sando. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And remember, there's plenty more where this one came from in the archives of DairyPod. Look out for these wherever you find your podcasts. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the DairyPod on your favourite podcasting platform. If you have any questions or ideas for future podcasts, get in touch with us by emailing dairypod at dairyaustralia.com.au. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now. <laughs>